From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm Shanda Gallego with your latest news. Police confirm a 39-year-old woman of Georgetown has been arrested on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving in relation to the fatal collision on Eastern Avenue, Georgetown, on Monday that claimed the life of 20-year-old Eleni Villegas, a Cuban national residing in Cayman. Police also confirm regarding the two other passengers of the vehicle, one has since been discharged from hospital and one remains in hospital with serious but non-life-threatening injuries. A stolen firearm has been recovered during a search conducted by the RCIPS. As a result of police inquiries on Tuesday, RCIPS officers from the Firearms Response Unit, Criminal Investigations Department and Crime Scene Investigation Unit conducted a search of an area of public land off Shamrock Road in the spots area. During the search, officers recovered a Remington shotgun and three cartridge cases, which have since been confirmed as stolen during a burglary in Northside last month. Police say no arrests have been made, but they're continuing their inquiries to identify the individual or individual individuals involved. The Ministry of Border Control and Labor says they are aware of a letter promoting work in the Cayman Islands that is not affiliated with workforce opportunities and residency Cayman or Customs and Border Control. Acting Deputy Chief Officer for the Ministry of Border Control and Labor, Daniel Roberts, says while investigations are underway, they caution the public to refrain from engaging with any government social media that may not seem legitimate. All correspondence sent out by work is circulated from our main office here in the Cayman Islands only, using our official letterhead and signed signatories. The CBC says members of the public should also take caution against any entity misrepresenting the organization and are reminded to do proper diligence and research to ensure they are not being taken advantage of. Deputy Premier and Minister for Finance and Economic Development, the Honorable Chris Saunders presents the Cayman Islands government's unaudited financial report for the second quarter of 2022, surpassing expectations in a number of areas. Radio Cayman's April Cummings reports. Leading with the positive on the revenue side, from January 1st to the 30th of June, central government has recorded a surplus of $159 million, $14 million more than the projected year-to-date operating surplus of $145 million. The entire public sector had a surplus of $145.6 million, that is $18.2 million more than the projected year-to-date. Revenues surpassed projections by $34.8 million at $636.6 million, mainly due to a favorable variance of $33.9 million in coercive revenue. Revenues collected in the first six months of 2022 were $56.6 million higher than those collected for the same period in 2021 and $100.7 million higher than those collected at the end of Q2 2019, the last pre-COVID year on record. Well, the financial services fees collected by General Registry were higher by $4 million, and that was mainly due to a favorable variance in partnership fees of $3.5 million. We're told that is due to levels of registration outperforming forming the anticipated increase. Financial services fees collected by SEMA for government were higher by $5 million, mainly due to an increase in the volume of registered funds. And work permit revenues were higher by $6.5 million, representing increasing demand for workers as the economy moved into Phase 5 of the border reopening plan. Also high on the list, property-related revenues, which was higher by $18.2 million. That was due to a greater-than-expected volume of property transactions, coupled with high property values. However, compared to actual results from the same period in 2021, the 2022 revenues are about $4.6 million less. April Cummings, Radio Cayman News. As to the expense side, 
The government says it's over budget and higher over the same time period last year at $477.6 million, just over $20.8 million more than the budget. The overages are attributed to $13.9 million for tertiary health care costs, $1.9 million for the public school's meals program, and $21.5 million more than the initial 2022 budgeted expenditure for the ex-Gratia tourism stipend program. Government says these overages were somewhat offset by underspending in other areas of expenditure. But to ensure sufficient funds are available for the remainder of the year, Parliament has approved supplementary funding. In other local news, immigration, legislation and appropriations are discussed at the August 2nd cabinet meeting. Here's Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller with more. According to a summary of meeting minutes, drafting instructions were issued for new regulations under the National Conservation Act. However, no details about the specific topic were included. Instructions were also issued to finalize the Supporting Education Amendment Bill and the Anti-Bullying Schools Regulations after the approval of the final report of the Law Reform Commission, Bullying, Legislation, Policy, or Both. Turning to funds, Cabinet confirmed the creation of a new transfer payment appropriation electricity assistance program and to increase that appropriation by $5 million. They also approved a one-time grant of $60,000 to increase appropriations for other educational and training assistance by that amount. With regards to immigration matters, as you heard right here on Radio Cayman Wednesday night, Cabinet approved the terms of reference for the review of permanent residence and appeals processes and the appointment of several members to the review committee, including Steve McField as chair and Patricia Eswick as deputy chair. They also gave the green light for an exemption from gainful occupation requirements in the Immigration Transition Act and refused the request for a prohibited immigrant to be allowed to visit Cayman. Finally, they approved the issuance of a coastal works permit to construct a concrete seawall offshore Sandpoint Road in Rum Point. Reporting for Radio Cayman's News, I'm Carsley Fuller. Also at this meeting, several financial reports were noted. 2019 and 2020 for the Utility Regulation and Competition Office, as well as the 2021 Annual Report of the Ministry of Border Control and Labor. The group also appointed six new notaries public. Premier and head of the Ministry for Sustainability and Climate Resiliency, the Honorable Wayne Panton, addresses a packed room at the first-ever Coral Fest about the dangers posed by stony coral tissue loss disease. I think it was sometime in June 2020 that there was first a report of the stony coral tissue loss disease. Um, And I think it was probably less than three months later that it had expanded itself to a significant portion of our north coast uh, reef system. Um, now it's all around Granite Cayman. And our challenge is to keep it out of our sister islands, um, which have, particularly Little Cayman, which have an even more pristine marine environment. Organized by the Department of Environment, Coral Fest brought together a wide variety of attendees, from scientists battling stony coral tissue loss disease to water sport operators to educators, children, and families. So why did you guys come? Well, um, both of us, we're really dive enthusiasts and we work in the industry. And we just figured that, you know, this is a disease that affects all the Caribbean and we've got to get a hold of this thing before it gets a little too out of hand before we can control it. So that's why I'm here to support the move to get rid of this disease and find out more information. Great crowd. It's awesome. Very informative. Um, if you need any information about how to help yourself prevent you from 
spreading this disease, um, this is the place to be. The devastating stony coral tissue loss disease was first reported in Florida in 2014, and as the premier noted, discovered on the north wall of Grand Cayman in June 2020. You can find out more about the impact and how you can help prevent the spread at doe.ky. A formal statement issued by the Miss Cayman Islands Universe Committee today regarding reigning queen Tiffany Connolly and the controversy surrounding pending court charges. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin reports. The committee says Miss Cayman Islands Universe has eligibility requirements and an application process. And at the time of her application, Tiffany Connolly met the requirements and was accepted into the pageant. Subsequently, additional details about court charges against her were brought to the attention of the committee, which sought counsel with relevant stakeholders, including the franchise holder. The decision to allow Miss Connolly to proceed was taken after, quote, careful consideration. The statement goes on to say the committee is reviewing the facts surrounding this matter and consulting with the relevant stakeholders in order to make the appropriate determination as how to proceed. Earlier this week, Derry Dakers Lee, head of the Cayman Islands Universe Committee, told Radio Cayman the decision to make Ms. Connolly compete was made with the full support of the Ministry of Tourism and the Minister, which holds the franchise for Ms. Cayman Islands Universe. Should she become unable to perform her duties for any reason, their first or second runner-up will fulfill those responsibilities. Mrs. Dirkers Lee, however, told Radio Cayman she's hoping that people will give the new queen a chance to succeed in her role. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. And finally in the news, one of the most recognizable faces at the National Airlines says goodbye after more than 30 years of service. CIGTV's Donna Bush has more with Rose Gadsby and Cayman Airways CEO Fabian Worms. It was all fanfare at Owen Roberts Airport on Wednesday morning as Rose Gadsby, a Cayman Airways senior cabin crew member who's known for her great customer service, retires. It's been 35 years of just getting the opportunity to serve the airline, serve people, serve the island. Uh, service is in my heart and I just really want to thank Cayman Airways most of all for giving me the opportunity. I remember my first flight was to Jamaica and guess what? It is Jamaica today. It was a lot more difficult, I say, back then to get a job with Cayman Airways than it would be now. Yes, sir. And you have kept that old guard and that old style of service alive. You have been an example to the entire company. You are, as I heard someone say earlier, you are the face of Cayman Airways. That is true. People ask before they're flying if Rose is on that flight uh, because they want to be on a flight that Miss Rose is on. So it's, it's a sad day for us, but it's a happy day because we're celebrating more than 35 years of service, yes, Miss Rose. Dozens of Cayman Airways staff met Rose as she disembarked her last flight from Jamaica. A reception was also held in her honor at Cayman Airways headquarters. We wish Rose a wonderful retirement. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm Shana Gallego.